So this is a special day for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, it is, of course, Memorial Day weekend, which, at least in Minnesota, this is like the unofficial beginning of summer. And it feels like it, thankfully, finally, feels like summer has arrived. Uh, it is, of course, our first outdoor service for the summer. It is Pet Blessing Sunday. Um, it is also... Uh, we finished up a series last week called The Ruck. We're starting a new one next week, which I'll say a little bit more about at the end of the, the gathering today. We're starting that next week, but we have a one-off this week, which allows us to do some different special types of stuff that we wouldn't normally do. So we have a, a special one-off kind of topic for today. And here's what the one-off topic is. It's twofold. Sweat and breath. I'm not joking, sweat and breath. Specifically tied to that last one, breath. Um, it is a holiday weekend, but it's a double holiday weekend for those high church people because it's Memorial Day weekend, but does anybody know what high church holiday it is today? Anybody know? It's Pentecost. How many of you know what Pentecost is? There's a handful of you, just a few of you, right? Pentecost, Pentecost is not a, it's, it's totally fine that you don't know that it is Pentecost, nor if, if you have any idea what Pentecost is. I grew up in a very Christian home, very church tradition, and we had no idea what Pentecost was. Um, Pentecost comes from the word that means 50, and it is, uh, it is the marker of 50 days after Easter, and it is specifically... Uh, the day on which we celebrate and remember the Holy Spirit, God's powerful personal presence, uh, to, to be within, to work alongside uh, Jesus' earliest followers. That is the day on which uh, it, is, it is said that the Holy Spirit came to them and empowered them to go out and continue his, his mission and ministry out in the world. Uh, the most prominent text, the story that is usually focused on on Pentecost Sunday comes from the book of Acts, the second chapter of the book of Acts. We spent a lot of time in the book of Acts in our last series that we went through earlier this month. Uh, the book of Acts is like where, the, where things get handed off from Jesus to his followers. And uh, some time passes, 50 days pass from, from Easter until then. And even though Jesus has handed this stuff off to them, told them that they can go out uh, here, near, and far to share uh, this, this way of living in the world. Where we find them at the beginning of the second chapter of Acts is they are all holed up in a room together, kind of twiddling their fingers. Uh, the shutters are all closed. They're not going out there. doesn't matter what Jesus told them to do. They're all in that room together. They haven't done anything at this point. And then suddenly, as the story goes, there's like this rushing wind that goes into the room. And then uh, the, the Spirit of God lands or it, like hovers over each of them like, like a, a, a tongue of fire is what the words in the story said, which is super weird. But, but the idea is that somehow God's powerful personal presence in the Holy Spirit rushes into the room and suddenly uh, is with them and empowers them to actually do the thing that they were supposed to do in the first place. And they go out and uh, they start sharing the story of Jesus. They start inviting more people into this, this way of living. Uh, they go here and near and far and thousands upon thousands of people respond. 
So that is the usual story that you hear on Pentecost Sunday, uh, the arrival of the Holy Spirit. But there's actually a second one, uh, a, a second story of the Holy Spirit, God's powerful personal presence coming to uh, live within and empower Jesus' earliest followers. And it happens earlier in the timeline, and it happens in the Gospel according to John, which is one of the four biographies about the life of Jesus. It happens earlier, and it's a little bit different. And so that's what I want to, to walk us through this morning. Uh, this is in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. And this is happening on the same day as Easter. There is no 50 days that pass. This is happening on the same day that Jesus is resurrected. He appears to his followers. This is later on in the day. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together and locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Again, peace be with you, just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they are retained. So tongues of fire is super weird, right? Can we agree on that? Can we also agree that it's really weird to have somebody breathing on you? <laughs> I feel especially the case, like post-COVID. Uh, there was this weird time. I feel like we've gotten back to this. Our kids have had multiple birthdays since the onset of COVID. But like in 2020, the idea of having this, this piece of um, food that everybody was going to partake in, and then the kid breathes all over it, and then you're expected to eat it. That's super weird, right? And so it, like, tongues of fire is weird, but if you think about it, it's also pretty weird for Jesus to go to his friends and to breathe on them. I don't care how close you are with your friends. Do you want your friends breathing on you? Probably not, right? This is one of these spots, though, where if we get hung up on the details of, like, how did this actually go down? Did it actually go down, and how did it actually go down? We're missing the point, okay? Um, just because... A, a story in the Bible says this is what happened does not mean this is literally what happened. Often it is showing us something deeper and more profound and, tr and trying to communicate something much more important than like the literal act. This is especially the case with John. Uh, John was a poet. John used very poetic words. Uh, he did not allow uh, the facts of life to get in the way of a really good story that he wanted to tell. Okay, so as, as this thing is happening, on, on the day after, the day of Easter, he says that Jesus breathed on them and that they received the Holy Spirit. The word that is used here, Holy Spirit, the, that word spirit, both in the, the language that Jesus would have been speaking to his followers and the language that John is writing in, in both of those languages, the word spirit means, does anybody know? N so pneuma is the Greek word. Ruah is the uh, Aramaic word. Both of them mean breath. So Jesus breathes on them, and then he says, receive 
the breath. But not just any breath, not just any spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. They're receiving God's breath. And immediately, the people hearing this story, hearing John tell this story for the first time, they're not thinking it's super weird that Jesus breathed on them. They're thinking, I remember another time when God's breath was breathed in to people. And they would go back to these old stories that they had told and retold over and over and over again. There's two in particular. The first one happens at the very, very beginning. At the very beginning, the first human, God makes them out of clay and then breathes into them, gives them God's breath, and they become alive and become the first humans at the beginning, there is a new beginning, and it happens because God's breath is entering into them. There is another story that's maybe a little bit less familiar that happens in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was this public truth teller who was speaking to the people of Israel and Judah after everything came crumbling down. Their whole kingdom had come crumbling down. They lost their identity. They lost their home. They were taken away from their home. Uh, and there was this sense that their collective identity, both as a people as a whole, but them as individuals, like it was just all gone. Like they were nothing but dust and bones. And yet there's this story that Ezekiel, this public truth teller, tells in Ezekiel 37, where he has this vision where there is this valley that is full of dried up bones. And God comes to this valley and breathes new life into them. Where there was nothing but dryness and bones, there is now the breath of God that is empowering them to go forward, to have that identity, to, to still hang on to this thing that they, they thought they had lost. And, and so this, this breath is not just any breath that Jesus is breathing on his followers. This isn't like the, a three days dead type of breath. This is the breath of beginnings and new beginnings. This is the breath of what was once dead is now alive. This is the breath of resurrection. This is the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, um, I don't hear very many people tell me very often that they need a little bit more Holy Spirit. Am I in the wrong circles? Any, any of you have... Like, are you in circles where you regularly hear, I need more spirit. I need more Holy Spirit. I know there are traditions that are like that. I'm not in those circles, though. Um, however, I do hear something pretty regularly from a lot of different people. And you, you might say it yourself, and I often catch myself saying it. I wish I could catch my breath. If only I could catch my breath. If only I could have that life coming back within me. Breathing is one of the autonomic systems in our body. What that means is that it is something that we don't have to think about doing. If our body is functioning as it is supposed to function, breathing is something that we just automatically do, like blinking, right? Like our heart pumping, right? We breathe because it's what our body does. When we start being aware of our breathing, we know that there's a problem. That's the only time when we tend to be aware of our breathing. When there's a problem that we are too short of breath, 
or we don't have enough air coming in, we can't get enough air, it's only then that we really know that there is a problem. And yet our breathing is one of the things that sets us apart as creatures. As much as we love these creatures, their breathing is not like ours. Do you know why? They sweat. No, we sweat. Excuse me. They don't sweat. Why is that important? Did you know that we as human beings are the ultimate endurance animals? These dogs are much faster than me. They're much faster than you. If you tried to sprint towards something with these dogs, you would lose. I don't care what my little kids say. They would lose. However, if you kept running for a certain amount of distance, they would run out of breath. And you would eventually catch up with them and pass them. The difference between us and these wonderful animals, even some of the fastest animals in the world, is that they have to breathe with every step that they take. Their only way of, of cooling down their body is through their breath, which means that they can sprint really fast, but they cannot endure through the hottest, through the longest, uh, through the longest distances, through the highest highs, through the lowest lows. They can't keep up. You can. Because you sweat. Yes? Sweat is a way of, of like tampering down your, your body temperature. And because you can breathe. You can pay attention to your breathing. You can manage your breathing. And so when we talk about the, the Holy Spirit, when we talk about uh, God's breath within us, again, we are not just talking about this autonomic process. We are talking about an opportunity with every single breath for beginnings and new beginnings, for life where there was seemingly nothing but death, for resurrection, for God working in and through us. Every single breath has that opportunity. So as we move into this, uh, into this chaotic time, I didn't talk through this with you at all. Logistics, right? As we move into the, this chaotic time, as we finish this, uh, this sermon, what I would like us to do is actually to do a breathing prayer, a breath prayer. Have any of you done this, any, any breathing prayers before? So a breath prayer allows us to acknowledge the air that's moving in and out of our body, acknowledging the life in the process that is moving in and out of our body, acknowledging the, uh, the life of God, the grace of God that moves in and out of our body, whether we're paying attention to it or not. So breath prayer is an opportunity for us to acknowledge it, to pay attention to it, and then to respond to it as well. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something really complicated. I'm going to ask you to breathe. And as you breathe, I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. Uh, you're already sitting down. I'll have you get comfortable as you are able. If you want to close your eyes as you do this, you can. If you want to keep your eyes open, you can. Whatever is going to best help you to pay attention to your breath. And we're going to acknowledge that there's other stuff going on all around us, just like life. There are dogs and cats and tortoises that might be distracting. There are kids that are busy moving around. There are planes going overhead. There's traffic going by. 
Just like life, there are these distractions that are out here. But do your best to pay attention to your breath. So what we're going to do as you find yourself comfortable is I'll have you take a, a breath in through your nose. And as you take that breath in through your nose, I want you to think of a name for God. A name that feels comfortable for you for God. Maybe you're not comfortable with a God somewhere out there. So maybe you simply call that God Jesus. Because that's the most tangible way of thinking about God. Maybe you can't say Father and you instead want to say Mother God. Or maybe you have some other name that you might refer to God as. So as we breathe, I'll have you breathe in through your nose and think of that name. Hold it for a second and then on its way out. Have you say a request. Something that as you enter this summer, as you enter this this uh, change of season, this busyness of life, that as we're settling down and paying attention, something that you need in this moment and that you can request from God. So an example might be breathe in and thinking, uh, Mother God, and breathe out, I need rest. Whatever that need is, it does not matter. It is not said. You can pray it in your mind as you are doing this. So the only prompts that I am going to give you are the breathe in through your nose and the breathe out. We will do it three times. All right? So again, get yourselves comfortable as you're able. Eyes open, eyes closed. Whatever will help you to pay attention to your breath. And now breathe in through your nose, saying the name of God in your mind. And then breathe out your request. Take another breath in with the name of God. And breathe out with your request. And another breath in through your nose with the name of God. And then breathe out with your request. I don't know if you've ever done that before. If you'll ever do it again. But I hope that as we are here together in this transitional time, as we move between seasons, seasons of uh, the year, but also perhaps seasons of life, my hope and my prayer for us is that we can pay attention to both the sweat of our brow and the breath in our lungs, that with every single inhale and exhale, we may acknowledge that God and God's breath are near that they are with us, that they are empowering us, that they are bringing us life and new life, beginnings and new beginnings. May that be so.